If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. I think that games right now are storytelling medium that are vastly underexplored and underutilized and are only really getting their due in this moment. And it's really exciting to be in this kind of time when people are looking at games and seeing like, wow, these are incredible and moving and significant to us. Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, depending on when you are listening to this, and welcome to the Dagobah Dispatch. It is time to get our game face on, because in addition to breaking down that new Mandalorian trailer, in addition to maybe chatting a little Bad Batch, we are going to talk Star Wars video games. What are our favorite Star Wars video games ever? We'll tell you. Plus, we'll get into the new upcoming Jedi colon Survivor video game. And we have an interview with the star of said game, Cal Kestis himself, Cameron Monaghan. And all that and a bag of salt and vinegar chips coming your way right here, right now on the Dagobah Dispatch. I am Dalton Rost, joined not just by Devin Kogan and Lauren Morgan, but also graced by the presence of the world's biggest Orca and Flicks fan, Nick Romano <laughs> is with us this week. Welcome back, Nick. Hey. And it's a big House of the Dragon reunion with my podcast host, Lauren Morgan from West of Westeros. I said we should just uh, storm this and we'll just talk about House of the Dragon. We're, we're now you're bringing up hurt feelings again because I wasn't invited to the crossover. I wasn't invited <laughs> to the Lord of the Rings and oh, House of the Dragon crossover. the crossover. I watched both shows. I was up to speed on everything, waiting for the invite with my notes all typed out, double spaced. <laughs> Never got it. That's fine. I can handle it. By the way, Nick Romano, what is your favorite flavor of uh, potato chip? My favorite flavor? Yeah, I think it's barbecue. I really, mm. I know. I keep going Ugh. back. It just tastes really good with sandwiches. I'm just, I'm a fan. I know. No. I'm basic. <laughs> Lauren, favorite uh, potato chip? Uh, her sour cream and onion. I have told people mm. I would like to be buried with them. So, good choice. You better have like a mint or some gum after that, though. But yeah, that's 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 the. Why would you want to destroy right the, the the taste sensation after okay. eating them? People just have Fair to put play. up with your breath. Whatever. <laughs> Devin. Oh, salt and vinegar all the way. Oh, right. Like okay. makes your mouth pucker. Like that's my my go to. You know, I had my roommate in college once sprained her salivary gland from eating salt and vinegar chips. Like she had to go to like the NYU Medical Center because she like plugged. That's a thing. That yeah, you can do like it when thing. she was eating those, and she like plugged it up. It was pretty bad. Oh my god, Lauren Morgan is straight up making stuff up right now. I think she's I am just, not. That's just I, not I, I, can, I could get this person to testify to it. Anytime I hear about that, I'm just like, you're gonna destroy your gland. But you know, that's it. Well, it hasn't happened yet, but that I can't say if that's a goal or something to be terrified of. <laughs> yeah. We get we get we have potato chips in the New York office, Devin. I'm guessing you do uh, as well. Uh, I don't know what fancy snacks you have out in Los Angeles, but we have a, a variety of potato chips. I always skip the barbecue 
I do sort of go back. They don't have sour cream and onion. I go back and forth between the salt and vinegar and just the plain. And just the plain. I love I a rotate. plain potato chip. Yeah. Uh, all right. Uh, let's. Let, we got a lot to get to. And we have Nick's great interview with Cameron Monaghan coming up. But obviously, there's, a, there's some other Star Wars news to get to before we get to the video game side of, of things, including the big new Mandalorian Season 3 trailer, which dropped the other night during the uh, playoff game, the Monday night football playoff game. They dropped uh, the Mandalorian because, you know, ABC, ESPN, Disney, same company. So uh, let's just get some quick thoughts. Devin. Uh, you watched it. You wrote it up for EW. What would you think of the new trailer? I was into it. Um, I think this one didn't hit me quite as hard as like the previous trailer, which was like a true first look. Um, but there's some interesting stuff in here. I mean, look, always happy to see baby Grogu back and, and doing cool stuff. Now he has some force powers. I mean, like he's always had force powers, but now he can actually like do stuff with it. Um, you know, taking down some bad guys. Um, I loved I was ex- particularly intrigued by there's what looks like a flashback to a bunch of Jedi defending themselves. Um, It looks like maybe this is something from Grogu's memory. If I had to guess, it might be like kind of post order 66, or it could be something totally different that we have no idea, you know, is a total misdirection. Um, Thrilled to see um, a tree of uh, Kowakian lizard monkeys. Um, You know, we'd love to see some salacious bee crumbs hanging out in a tree. Uh, Those were the highlights for me. What about you guys? Uh, well, Nick Romano must have been beside himself by the Babu Frick uh, appearance again. <laughs> and with some sort of cohort, hey, hey. some sort of accomplice. Isn't that scene with him too? Like there are apparently some more Anzellans. Yeah. Yeah. Plural. <laughs> it's a me, a Babu Frick. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Chris Pratt, uh, is that you? Yeah. <laughs> 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 um well i you know you, you just brought up the the lightsabers looks like an order 66 flashback to me looks like a jedi temple and that gets me wondering are we going to see anakin skywalker Ooh. we saw some cor- are there coruscant scenes and i don't think those are flashback scenes the other scenes we saw in coruscant but there is some coruscant going on in this trailer and obviously there's other jedi temples around so it could have been somewhere else but I don't know. Like we know Hayden Christensen is, although they're being weird and cagey now about confirming it, but probably showing up in the Ahsoka series. Mm-hmm. He's back in the fold now playing Vader and Anakin. Uh, I don't know, Lauren, what do you think we're going to see as part of that a little brief clip they showed us? You know, I thought he was obviously the most likely candidate because he was in the Jedi Temple and we know uh, various other Jedis were, you know, the ones that we know of Ahsoka was off somewhere else. So is Obi-Wan. But I was just wondering, like, I thought, yeah, maybe that could be uh, Anakin doing some doing some stuff. I know, I think it was in the Book of Boba Fett that we did see uh, Baby Yoda having a, a flashback to what it seemed like Order 66. So I felt like it would be probably a continuation of it. Um, I'm curious to see if this is how we find out how he escaped Order 66. Like, perhaps maybe another Jedi that we haven't seen uh, might be his, uh, his savior of some sort. Um, so I'm kind of curious as to, and I, that definitely intrigued me when I saw that in the uh, trailer yesterday. I was like, oh, that, that looks kind of interesting. So 
Um, I, I was the thing that I thought about the trailer is that for the people who have not watched the book of Boba Fett, they're going to be very confused about why <laughs> Grogu is back. When I'm like, I'm like, if you have not watched it, you have to watch the last three episodes of it to understand why Grogu is back with Mando right now. So I'm curious about what the intro to um, uh, Mando season three is going to be like, by the way, you know previously on uh we saw we saw that dr pershing sort of in coruscant uh with a pimped out ride there uh on uh riding around flying around coruscant which is kind of interesting too because that's like oh okay are are we is this gonna like lead to like cloning is this like some snoke type stuff that is gonna sort of be here or palpatine type stuff is this somehow how he survives i mean i don't know this was something that I actually I asked the producers of the Bad Batch because as we get through uh, and we'll talk about the uh, this week's uh, episode in a few minutes, but uh, as you're going through the Bad Batch season two, there is a lot of talk about like various cloning uh, efforts going on, uh, and I they were being pretty cagey about. It. I'm like, does this cloning stuff lead to the Palpatine cloning stuff? And they were being kind of like, hmm, we can't say anything, so. I'm I'm mm. assuming, but it is interesting to come back to see sort of Coruscant uh, in the post uh, Return of the Jedi uh, era because we didn't really get to see that at all. That was more of a prequel era uh, thing. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, New Republic style um, should be interesting to see what goes on. And I, I guess Grief Cargo is just living large. You see, you check out his like his outfit and stuff. Is he like running Navarro now? Oh or yeah, something? I don't know. He, he looked pretty fancy in that, uh, in that outfit he had, it, he looked resplendent as I thought when I was watching the trailer. So look, we love a Cape. There's some incredible mm-hmm. capes in the star Wars mm-hmm. galaxy. I mean, obviously Vader is the OG. Um, you know, you've got, uh, Ben Mendelsohn and rogue one, incredible Cape. Um, obviously Lando, so many good capes. Yeah. Um, just anybody who shows up rocking a cape, I'm, I'm, I'm into it. That's, that's probably had a good cape too. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's like my, I, I'm all in. You show up wearing a cool cape. I'm, I'm, I'm I'm all in. Here's another thing I thought while watching the trailer. And I thought this, (laughs) these are the the thoughts that go through my brain. Have you ever noticed how in any either like fantasy or sci-fi series, anything that took place either a long time ago or deals in mythology or deals in like, uh, you know, random worlds. People don't shake hands. They like shake each other's forehand. You know what I'm oh, talking yeah. about? This mm-hmm. goes back to like Xena yep. and all the Lord of the Rings. Like now you, you see them grief Karga and Mando doing that. Like why can't, why does everywhere else, but like regular Monday earth, do people shake forearms? And I, like, why is that just the thing that every writer in these genres decide like, well, you know what we do here? We shake forearms. We don't shake hands. We shake for, why is that a thing? Maybe for cleanliness. If you're shaking someone's forearm, it's probably cleaner than their hand. I don't know. True, it's just like bumping elbows during the pandemic. No, I think it's just like, sometimes it's usually like a bro thing or like a, we are manly men and this is a sign of respect. Like we're going to grasp each other's elbows. Um, Like, I don't know. It's like, it's always like, and there's always like a sound effect to it. So it like has some weight to it, you know? So I, but I know exactly what you're talking about. It is a very much like a Ah, my friend, I am so glad to see that you have yes. survived your past <laughs> travels or whatever. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like that's very specific yeah. kind of greeting. That's not just like a, hey, man, how's it going? <laughs> Anything else from the trailer? Good on that? Um, Amanda, season three, March 1st. We love baby Grogu. We love the new ship. Although I still have so many questions about like. Yeah, uh, storage are- issues. Storage issues, bathroom issues. You know, like how does, can Grogu get from the little 
clear dome to the cockpit like in flight or does he need to like i don't know i I, I love that you're worried about the bathroom issues of the ship and not just the mandalorian armor like how is he going to the bathroom in all the armor i mean that's that's just phase one of going to the bathroom is getting out of the armor this is true i bet there's there's a, a zipper trap or some velcro thing you know whatever the star wars version of velcro is you know i'm, I'm yeah. sure he's figured it out yeah is it like when you wear a jumpsuit and you have to like get fully nude to, to use the restroom. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe it's like the helmet. Maybe he's not allowed to take it off. Maybe it's part of the Mandalorian code. You just gotta, like, that's how you stay warm. And he's it's like, like astronauts. Out in space. Yeah. Okay. Maybe he's wearing a diaper. Uh, all right. Uh, while we're talking Star Wars on uh, the Disney Plus, Bad Batch episode four was on this week. Uh, we, we don't have to get real into this too much at all. It was a... Uh, because it wasn't a, a hugely important episode. It was an entertaining episode. I liked the episode, but it, there's no real, you know, mythology to play here. It's basically a pod racing yeah. race. The riot racing that Tech, Ricker, and Omega are on. And they got a, there's betting going on. There's a little bit of shades of Qui-Gon Jinn and betting does like save someone. Uh, in this case, Sid, I, I, uh, I guess what was most interesting about it was that you had some more celebrity voices in addition to Rio Perlman. You had Ernie Hudson. Oh, playing some mm-hmm. sort of gambler guy. And then Ben Schwartz <gasps> played uh, this sort of uh, sassy droid named Teo. Uh, and, you know, we love Ben Schwartz and obviously he does tons of vocal work. Uh, Lauren, what'd you think of the uh, episode? Yeah, it was pretty, you know, it, it, there's not really much mythology in it. it. It really is just a straight. I mean, it's well done, but it's just sort of like, you know, it's a straight, you know, here's a race episode and tech has to do it. And Hunter and Echo are uh, off doing something else, running another mission. So they're not here. So it, I was just thinking about like in the dynamic, not having Hunter there is sort of sort of like you just have to deal with, you know, these problems solving on their own. But yeah, I thought it was okay. I mean, there's not really, it didn't have a ton to say about it otherwise, but, uh, you know, always like to hear Ernie Hudson and uh, Ben Schwartz uh, doing some extra Star Wars voices. So, you know, that's about yeah. it. It's a good episode. Solid episode. Uh, just not going to move the story forward a whole lot. Uh, all right. So now let's get into why we're here. Uh, we got a big new video game coming out in the Star Wars world uh, that we're going to talk about and have the interview with the star. Of. But I thought it'd be fun to this sort of look back a little bit uh, because we talk so much about the Star Wars movies and TV shows. And we haven't really talked a lot about the video games, a little bit here and there. And so I thought we would uh, have Nick on, who is among the four of us, the biggest gamer in the bunch these days. And we could talk about sort of our favorite Star Wars video games, which are sort of across the spectrum a a little bit, which is kind of interesting as well. Uh, And just talk about why it's our favorite game ever and what we loved about it. And and sort of then we'll sort of then talk about the new one coming out. So, Nick, why don't you lead us off here? There have been a lot of games through the years going back to the arcades in the 1980s up to today and multiplayer online world. So what's what's your favorite Star Wars game ever and why? Yeah, I mean, I think my favorite Star Wars game is The Force Unleashed and then the eventual sequel that came out after it. Um, It originally came out in 2008. This is also like right around the time where the PlayStation Portable was out. And so I would always just pop that sucker and play it like in like family road trips to like go see grandma or whatever. Um, So much fun. Was that that the Vita, Nick? Was that the Vita? Is that what it was called? (laughs) I'm trying to remember what that playstation portable thing was i think it was like just the first edition of this it was just called playstation portable portable playstation it kind of looked like the switch but you know without the side kind of controllers or whatever um 
it's it's a lot of fun. It has a lot of like the same R- RPG elements that game like more recent games like uh, you know the Jedi semicolon <laughs> as you put it, Dalton <laughs> games take advantage of. Um, but it's also so freaking ridiculous. There are so many insane force powers. You can like take down like a star destroyer with your mind. It's and, like jump out of like a crashing ship that's headed straight out of space into Earth and like sur- somehow survive. It's so <laughs> ridiculous, which I just absolutely loved. Um but you also like explore. I mean, the the central character um, in this game is Star Killer, um, and, great and name. Stark. It's amazing. It's and name. We love uh, you know actor Sam Witwer playing him, voicing him. Um, and in the first game, he's the secret apprentice of Darth Vader. Um, it's like and his origins are also tied with the creation of the rebel alliance obviously you know now none of this is canon but it was like really cool to see that at the time just this kind of element of world building um i also never under understood him like if this guy is so freaking powerful if he can just like flick star destroyers out of the sky like why hasn't anyone else who's force sensitive like felt this dude just because he's supposed to be like the hidden apprentice but like yoda doesn't know about him i'm like what's going on (laughs) (laughs) but it was still so so much fun um just getting to see how this new narrative tied in with a larger star wars universe um yeah, and just like, and to see it now, like a lot of those elements are kind of translated into the Jedi Fallen Order and Jedi Survivor that we're going to talk about now. And of course, it's a lot more um, elevated, I guess you could say, in these current games. <laughs> but God, were those first two games so much fun. Yeah, I, I miss these games because I think this is when I had two young kids and it's just, you just, you know, video gaming, as we've said before, is the ultimate time suck. Like there's no time suck, like video game time suck. So I just put down the controller for basically a full decade right when this came out. And it it sounds like it would be totally up my alley. I love like even the story sounds kind of cool. Like this is kind of early Inquisitor stuff, I guess. Right. Like he's hunting down Jedi. It's the great Jedi purge. His name is Starkiller. Like, you know, even like the cover of the game looked crazy. Nick, to your point about just like crazy powers. Like, yeah, there's just like there's just I don't, there's like there's like lightning coming out of like every part of his body, not just his fingers. And like there's like stormtroopers, like like just like just, you know, like all just being electrocuted. I mean, it just looks absolutely bananas. Yeah, and like another aspect of this that kind of playing into the whole, you know, ridiculousness of this is that usually in games like, you know, when you have a really particularly powerful ability, you know, you use it once and then it's like, oh, your character's tired. He has to like build up his strength again to use it again. Nope, this this guy is just like (laughs) exploding force electricity, like force pushes all over the place turning himself into like a big force bomb that pushes everybody away like <laughs> two second re like you know <laughs> two second rebuff and he's back at it again it's just <laughs> so freaking ridiculous but i absolutely adored it um oh yeah and also the creation of the rebel alliance in this like the whole purpose they were saying is like oh darth vader wants to take over palpatine eventually so he's sending star killer to like plant the seeds that'll grow into the rebel the rebel alliance so it's like darth vader is kind of creating that himself but i'm like it's just wild it's just wild <laughs> Go check it out. <laughs> i don't understand that at all like darth vader's creating the rebel alliance i guess to overthrow the emperor and then he'll 
crush the Rebel Alliance himself? Like, I don't, it doesn't make any sense. Yeah. And then the sequel was, they did, like, whoever created it was just like, we don't really care. Like, people want a sequel, so we'll just find an excuse. And the excuse was, oh, now we have a clone of Starkiller that Darth Vader created, but he's, he's like, oh, I have no further use for you. That's like the first scene in the game. And then he's like jumping out windows again and on the run and like supermanning like all over the place. <laughs> what happened to the original Star Killer? Does he die at the end of the first game? Why did they have to make a clone of him? Yeah, he like sacri- he like turns to the side of the light and he helps the rebels uh, okay. and he sacrifices himself for them essentially after the first <laughs> game. And then it's like you see this whole lab of Star Killer clones that Darth Vader has created, and they're all like apparently just as equally powerful as the <laughs> original. Like it's just <laughs> Was it like why did you send out a whole squad of them yeah. if you've got all these in the in the tanks? Exactly. So wild, but it's such a joy. It's such a joy. I gotta say, so, can you like can you play these old games anywhere, Nick? Like on like new plot? Like do they have like those things where you can play like versions of them like online or anything? Well, yeah. I mean, if you kind of like subs- like I have PlayStation, so if you subscribe um, to like their monthly subscription service where you can like stream video games, a lot of these games are in there. Um, but finding a hard copy, especially on like that's compatible with the new systems, is very. I mean, I don't yeah. think it exists right now. Um, so yeah, str- I'd say streaming is kind of the best option there. Interesting. All right, uh, that's a good way to get us started there with. Uh... The Force Unleashed. Uh, Devin, why don't you hit us up with your favorite uh, game, I'm sure, which is very similar to oh, the one very, Nick just... Uh, very just similar vibes. And to, So I I had a fun time trying to pick out which, which game to pick because I actually played... I was going through the list and I was like, oh, I've actually played quite a few Star Wars video games. Um, you know, I... Uh, there's a there's a series we'll talk about a little bit later, um, which is probably my actual favorite, which is the Lego Star Wars series. Um, and I think we're going to get into that one a little bit later. Um, but other than that, I was going through it. And I was like, oh, my God, I've played so many of these. There was a Game Boy Advance game called Star Wars Flight of the Falcon, mm-hmm. um, where you could like uh, pilot the the Millennium Falcon. And it was like. You know, it was it was, I think, like 2003. It was like, you know, it, it, not not great. Um anything like that. I loved uh, the original Battlefront, the one from 2004. Um, I played that. That was, you know, I, I was... I was a kid who had a Mac. My, my family were always Mac fit people and it was not always very good for, for gaming. But so yeah. we were so excited that the original Battlefront was actually worked on our ancient, ancient Mac. Um, but and so there's like a lot of really great ones. But when we were talking about Lego video games, there is one that came to mind. And I think I'm probably the only person on this podcast who's even ever heard of this game because nobody, nobody played this. Who would play this? Um, it was, it came out in the year 2000. It was a Lucas Learning uh, group, which was like sort of, you know, their, their thing for like, you know, young children educational games. And it was called Star Wars Anakin Speedway Build and Drive. And it is the most it, it was for ages four and up, and so which was exactly the age that my brother was at the time. And so I would sit there with my little brother, and we would play this. I was probably I don't know I was probably seven at this time. Um, and basically, it is extremely simplistic and extremely ridiculous. And the whole goal is that you just like build pod racing tracks, and so you can be like, oh, I'm going to put a sarlacc pit over here, and then they're going to have to do like a loop de loop over this thing, and it is. Absurd. Had any of you guys even like heard of this or was this, you know, totally 
There's not even a Wikipedia page for this stupid game. Like it's it basically like it barely exists. I found like on some Wikipedia page that lists like every Star Wars game ever, it's like barely listed with no hyperlink on it or anything. It's just sort of like it's it's like disappeared from the face of the earth. Uh yeah, I don't think I don't think it's it's like gonna get remastered anytime soon. I don't think there's a huge <laughs> amount of nostalgia for this one. Um, I mean, you I can't get this with your PlayStation streaming subscription. You can't play so. Anakin Speedway. Um, but man, I was texting my brother about this because I was like, "Hey, guess what I'm going to talk about on the podcast this week?" Anakin Speedway, and he was like, "Oh my god!" It's just like you know how when you're a kid and there's like certain things that are just like burned into your brain. Like there's a whole basically like the the main part of the game is you're kind of just like hanging out in this like Tatooine cantina, basically where like all the um, pod racing pilots just kind of hang out between races. And there's like a little jukebox, and you can go over and like there's like four buttons on the jukebox and you can press each button and they each play like a different song. And there's like a little pit droid and he kind of like dances. Um, and that's just burned into my brain. It's been burned into my brain for the last 23 years. And I don't know why. And to be clear, it's not a good game and you can probably play through the whole thing in like 30 minutes because again, this is for children for four-year-old children. So I just want to be clear. So this is for four-year-old children and it takes place in a bar. In the cantina. I think it's like a, I don't know if there's actual drinking there or if it's just like a place where they just kind of like hang out between races. Um and oh man, it's it's what a what a what a game. So anyway, I I there are many better choices, um, but this is my choice because that it is it's, so absurd. I, I believe that Devin actually found uh some YouTube evidence of this game because none of us believed her that it existed. So she found some 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 evidence, and Sammy pulled a clip. So let's take a little listen to uh, Anakin Speedway. All right, this is gonna be really cool. I'll tell you how things work so we can start having fun. This is the stop button. When you click it, I'll stop the pod racer so you can change the track. These are the speed buttons. We'll go faster when you click on a bigger number. So one is slow, two is medium, and three is fast. I love Breaking to it go down. fast. Anytime you want to go back to the hut and pick another pod racer pilot, just click here. But I'm the best one. Really? Cool. Now we're ready to go build a track and test drive my pod racer. Oh my god, I was like, how much is Sammy gonna make us listen to this? <laughs> By the way, to be clear, Devin, is that Anakin we're listening to? I guess that is baby Anakin. He's okay. like nine years old or whatever, and he's like basically telling the player, basically, okay, here's how here's how you play the game. Um and yeah, it's there's like three planets. One of them is Tatooine. One of them is like a knockoff Hoth that's not called Hoth. And one of them is a knockoff Dagobah that's not called Dagobah. Um, and you, yeah, you you like drive your little pod racer. And and to be clear, like you don't actually steer the pod racer or anything. It just goes around this track <laughs> you automatically. Just build the course. <laughs> so you build the course and you can press buttons to be like, okay, I want it to go slow or fast or whatever. You're not actually like driving it. Um, but again, you got to be careful. And like, if you try to go over the Sarlacc pit at like too fast of a speed Uh-oh. or like you'll crash and explode and it'll be a problem and probably get eaten by the Sarlacc pit. You could also play as Sebulba, which I thought was an interesting choice. Ooh. Um, how, anyway. many, how many different pod racers can you play as? Is it like, like four or five? Oh, I think. Okay. All but from the, all from like, the movie, I guess. Yeah. I think they're like kind of background characters. You know, it's mostly you can be, and like each of them have like different voice acting things. So if you're like mm. Sebulba, you could listen to like that whole thing that you just listened to in Sebulba's voice instead. Oh my God. Why did we pull that clip? We <laughs> <not> pull- <laughs> wait, hold on a second. I'm like, hold on. Wait, 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 wait. You could, is it like subtitled then? Cause Sebulba doesn't speak English. He no, speaks think, Doug, right? Or- I think he, he kind of like growls and he's like, 
I'm the best pod riser or whatever. I don't know. Oh what's, a, what's a good Sepulveda voice? I don't know. It's been 23 years since I've played this game. Poodle! There you that's go. The there you go. Right there. And they have the, the two, uh, the, um, you know, the, uh, the announcer guys that yeah, have the two yeah, heads yeah. um yeah. kind of look like Benedict Cumberbatch. Um the one like the one speaks an alien language and then the one's like, hey, come on down to the, the pod racing stadium. Ooh, that's gotta hurt. He's exactly. a little sassy, that one. Exactly. Dalton, were you secretly a voice actor on this game and you didn't tell uh, no, me? Thank God, no. <laughs> um it sounds incredible. Um I I mean I had a game right around that era. A little earlier in the 90s, which was a little slightly similar. It was like a Simpsons game. You did a little bit more than that, but you just you'd build Springfield kind of basically and then just tool around Springfield and like, you know, go find Disco Stew or whatever and just like, you know, hang out there. So I, I kind of get it. I mean, I kind of get it. I, I don't it's know. It's for children. Yeah, clearly. Um, Although I will say I, I do want speaking of like being able to build stuff and you know I I will say I I'm a big Sims player so I did very much mm-hmm. enjoy uh, the Sims uh, Welcome to Batu Black Spire Outpost where your star your Sims aren't actually Star Wars characters they're just going to Disneyland Batu um, <laughs> like seriously like you you're like you're meeting uh, Kylo Ren but it's the Disneyland actor playing Kylo Ren. <laughs> <laughs> so it's uh it's absolutely absurd and a lot of sims fan- it was there was a big drama in the sims community when that one came out because people were like i'm not spending 40 dollars on this or whatever and i was like i'm a star wars fan i'll, I'll, I'll yeah, play it. sure I, sign I, me up I, I right, well sims. if you remember anakin speedway definitely give devin a shout out uh, and some support uh on the, on the social media <laughs> and give her some support there uh since since your game was microsoft based i will go next because mine mine is as well i can't believe we got to uh to um well i guess this is good for mac and um pc i had the same issue you did devin you know what i mean like i there's certain games that came out just for you know your computer but i always had macs and like the, yep. the pcs were definitely back then was what you needed for most games and a lot of the games came out on the mac if they came out on the mac at all they'd be vastly inferior that's um, still but, the case yeah, as, I, I as guess, a mac gamer yeah, let's be totally. real but so anyway i um but of course, I was a big Star Wars nerd. So I, I, I talked about this a little bit. Back in the 90s, in the mid-90s, this game Doom came out. And I can't express what a huge deal it was when Doom came out. And it was so hilarious because it came on like eight floppy disks. <laughs> so you had to like insert disk one and it had to load that part, then disk two and then disk three. So it was a total pain in the ass. But basically, it was the, the very first, the, I believe, first person shooter game. And you'd, you know... You know, you go in and you basically just shoot a bunch of monsters, first person style, reload, change your gun, do this, that, whatever. So that was huge. So, of course, then LucasArts decided, well, let's do a Star Wars version of that, which gave us Star Wars colon Dark Forces. Uh, It came out for PCs and Mac in 1995. This, thank God, was just on, if I remember correctly, was just on one CD, like a CD-ROM that you would put in the computer. And if you if you put it in today, you'd be like, this game is such garbage. The the movement is a little wonky. The graphics are terrible. But in the day, it was really great and actually improved upon Doom in certain ways, not just being Star Wars characters, but also just some other sort of gameplay aspects. Um, so it was kind of a, a Doom copycat, but it was Star Wars and it was it was awesome. And I just I loved this game so much. I played it all the time. It was one of those games you play all the way through and then you're kind of bummed because you're like done. You're like, well, 
that's too bad. Like I had such a great time doing that. It's it's probably not the best Star Wars game, but like you, Devin, it's it's the most fun I had playing a game. You know, it was before I had kids. I had lots of time to waste. Uh, and um, it was like still when the Star Wars story was pretty pure. We didn't have 10 million brand extensions. This is 1995. We only had those three movies, some cartoons, a holiday special, and those freaking Ewoks. Uh, so it was, you know, still like limited star Wars stuff. There wasn't star Wars stuff coming out every day. So I just have such fond memories of playing that game in the mid nineties. I don't know, Nick, did you ever play dark forces? I did. And I don't, I mean, maybe it was cause I was really young. I was like six or seven, maybe when I played it, but I thought it was scary. Cause it was, <laughs> <laughs> I was terrified. I couldn't play doom. Doom was really I think I freaked myself out with the monsters around the corner and like popping up right in your face. Oh, you're dead. So I was like, oh, Star Wars, this will be a little bit better for me, but still freaked me out. But yeah, it was a lot of fun hitting that space bar so many times. Oh my yeah. God. You'd be like right in front of a door, the door would open, there'd be like three stormtroopers just sitting there and you'd be like, ah, and you'd quickly yeah. like, you know, be shooting them <laughs> and stuff. It was awesome. It was so, it was just, tons of fun and there was a whole storyline but like the storyline didn't really matter you were this guy kyle katarn you were a mercenary you were working for the rebel alliance you discovered this dark trooper project and they're building new battle droids so it, it did have a story but it's like the story like it was just the game it was just going around shooting a bunch of stormtroopers that was the game uh and monsters and stuff that would show up it was super fun Super also, fun. Kyle Katarn is such a Star Wars name. I, I feel like there's so many, like, where you just have, like, the key to, a, like, a male protagonist Star Wars name is you just have, like, the most frat boy first name you've ever heard of. Like, some guy named, like, Kyle or Luke or Cal. And then you get, like, a vaguely spacey-sounding last name. And you're, like, perfect. You're a you're a Star Wars hero. Congratulations. Um. I, I also always, whenever we talk video games, I always give a shout out to a really, what's a really just a not good game at all, but I loved, which was Star Wars Masters of Terrace Kasi. Uh, <laughs> and Nick, I don't know if you ever played this one. This was basically, if that was Doom Star Wars, this was Mortal Kombat Star Wars. <laughs> and you basically just, you could play as, well, first of all, what's cool about it is you could play as Boba Fett. Imagine Mortal Kombat, but you're playing as Luke, Darth Vader, Han Solo, Leia. Boba Fett. Again, this is there's not a lot of Boba Fett out in 97. This is before the whole Boba Fett went crazy. So, but you also could play as Mara Jade, which was pretty yeah, cool, cool. Who then was a very fringe expanded universe character in those original Thrawn books and uh comic books. Um, and then you could play as a Gamorrean guard. You they made up this character Arden Lynn. And the, the the gameplay was a little wonky. It was hard to get all the combinations right, but it was Star Wars Mortal Kombat. And like, I just, I still play it. I, I kept my PS2 because it was a PS1 game just so I could play this stupid game. Uh, Nick, did you ever play that one? I didn't, I didn't. no. Yeah, no it's, it's not good. <laughs> um, but a great idea, a great idea to do Star Wars Mortal Kombat. Bad execution. Uh, all right. So, Lauren Morgan, I think we all know what your favorite Star Wars game is, um, or at least your favorite Star Wars series. I'm not sure which, if you have a specific game within that series. But uh, hit us up with your favorite. Well, I honestly have not played that many of them. And so, basically, my pick is the only one I've actually played, which is Lego, uh, Lego Star Wars The Skywalker Saga. I've had a really big gap in my gaming play. Like, I played on the original Nintendo system, like 1987, 88, whatever that was. I played Legend of Zelda and Mario. And then 
we got like a Wii in like 2007. And then so I started playing games a little bit again, but I'm like a very spotty game player. So like all through the 90s when they were releasing Star Wars games, I was in high school and college, so I was not playing games at all. Um, And so like last year during the pandemic, my husband was trying to teach my daughter how to play various games. And so they were playing various Mario games. And I I got the, I know she likes the Lego Star Wars shirts. So I I got the Skywalker saga for her. And then I just started playing it and kind of just went nuts on it. And I had a lot of fun playing it. So I've only really played the Skywalker saga, but it's got levels for all nine um, movies. So I thought that was really fun. And it's about the level of gameplay that I can, you know, I, I, I'm decent at. Um, I basically can play like a, a seven-year-old. Uh, so I, I'm not really looking for a, uh, for a very um, uh, advanced uh, fighting techniques or anything like that, mostly because I also accidentally kill whoever I'm going around with pretty regularly. So, But I had a lot of fun with it, and it's fun to just kind of explore the worlds and walk around and find your kyber bricks and all that kind of stuff. So I thought that one... Uh, I. I have enjoyed that one a lot. So, uh, uh, let me ask you guys a question because I know Devin's played these games a lot. Are these Love the them. same games that I played like a decade ago when it was uh, on the DS? They had the Star Wars, the complete Lego Star Wars, the complete saga on the DS, like the Nintendo DS, like a decade ago. Is these the same things, Devin? Uh, no, it's a totally, totally new okay. game. Um, I mean, the the mechanics and the gameplay is roughly the same, but mm-hmm. um, like you, yeah, I played um, I played it on the Wii, the complete saga, in I think 2007. Um, and that was everything from like, what, episode one up through episode six. Yeah. Um, and, but yeah, no, this is a complete like re- reimagining it's completely new characters completely new gameplay mm-hmm. completely new story everything um and i think i mean as much as i love to joke about anakin sky uh, uh, speedway like the lego star wars games are legitimately my some of my favorite games of all time not just star wars games they're so fun they have such a great sense of humor mm-hmm. um they are so ridiculous um there's so many fun weird easter eggs uh especially in the new one the um uh the skywalker saga and there's just like I the the world building is so fun. They look beautiful. Like there's just like, oh, I have the best time. You can play them for a really long time. Like, you know, you can do the the main missions and then there's like the side missions and then there's free play and then you're just finding various uh, sort of puzzles. So, I just, you know, I really uh it's like kind of a it's a good long game you can play with and just fiddle around with. So, I've enjoyed it that. Ah, uh, I cannot recommend them enough. They are mm-hmm. so delightful and weird and very fun. Have you played these at all, Nick? No. <laughs> Nick's like, See, I always please, have. Please. Like, I play serious video <laughs> yeah. games. <No>. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think it's not not that specific, but kind of. I mean, I, I feel like I've had a little bit of a uh, you know wall between me and the Lego video game series, even like the DC Lego games, which I also hear are like really fun. Mm-hmm. Um. So, I mean, what kind of hooked you i think initially like what kind of kept you with them i think it just was basically getting to play as like because you have to play as so many different characters and so many different versions of the characters like Mm. sometimes you're playing with luke as a you know as a stormtrooper in new hope and he doesn't have any force powers yet and then other times you're playing like fully powered luke as you know so it's like there's different you know, there's different power levels you can play with for various people because it's like you can play with Rey in Force Awakens and she's not really a Force person yet. She's more of a scavenger. And then later on, you're playing with her as a like as a full Jedi and that kind of stuff. 
And, you know, so it's kind of just like you can kind of mess around. And there's like, I think it's the combination of like mission based, but then there's also puzzles. And then there's also like just like things like I like just, you know, shooting. There's like shooting parts of it. And it's like, it's like every different part of the game that, you know, uh, you know, there's like a lot of different stuff in there. So it's not just like kind of one thing. But Nick, to be clear, when she says you can play as like Stormtrooper Luke, she's speaking about like as a Lego person, like, yeah. Not, yeah. like not Luke Skywalker, but like a Lego, <laughs> a Lego version Luke of Stormtrooper. Yeah, it's like Storm you know Luke, Luke wearing yeah. the Stormtrooper outfit in New Hope. Where, <laughs> but it's like if you play as Luke in New Hope, he doesn't really have like he doesn't have like he's not a Jedi yet, so he doesn't really have like like because like when you play with the Jedi characters, there's certain powers that they have that like uh, non-jedi characters don't have you know so it's like there are certain characters you need for certain things like i always find a combination of uh having uh you know having a bounty hunter and a jedi really gets you pretty far in most of but sometimes you need to play with as a droid and things of that sort so there's certain things you have to unlock you 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 need to you like you need to be a droid to unlock certain parts of the puzzle. So it's kind of just fun that way. Devin, did you ever, do you ever play? I'm curious also, Devin, did you talk about, did you ever play any of the other Lego ones? Like, cause I mean, I still somewhere I've got Lord of the Rings Lego. I think I've got a Harry Potter Lego, all these things like the DS from like. Dalton, do you think there was a Lord of the Rings video game that I didn't play? (laughs) Let's be real. Let's be a hundred percent real right now. Of course I played the, the Lord of the Rings one. I also played, there was an Indiana Jones one. Yeah, I've got that one. Yeah ruled i was obsessed with that one um there were a couple other obviously all the harry potter ones i played but yeah like i to me like the skywalkers i love all of the lego games i love their like particular sense of humor and like the gameplay is really fun but um the new the skywalker saga is like very it's just like it kind of perfects the the formula and i also you know lauren talked about how you can basically play as like any character you want so you play as basically like two characters at a time and depending on who you pair together there's like all kinds of like weird little dialogue things like you can put like little baby anakin skywalker with like adult darth vader and little baby anakin's like wow your mask is so cool can i have one of those and vader's like maybe someday you will or something like that and there's like all these like weird little you know, pairings, like if you do um, Finn and Poe or like, you know, Luke and Leia and and, and they all have different dialogue and it's really fun. And um, also like the people who make it just are very much in the Star Wars know. They love an Easter egg. They love like weird references, you know, just like lots of weird Star Wars in jokes, like McClunky and and things like oh, yeah. that. And, and, you know, just, just things that it, it's clearly it's a game made by people who are obsessed with Star Wars and are yeah. very like plugged into there's you know, a, there's a mission where you have to go free porgs on every one of the planets that you're playing on. So I find that one that was uh, enjoyable. So it's very it's, good. Yeah, it's all it's all. Do little. they get eaten at some? No, they just kind of like you. Okay. You basically free them and then they run off and they're like, ah, yeah. you know, yeah. that kind of stuff. So and you can't actually like you know if you can unlock something. So like everywhere you go, a little porg comes with you mm-hmm. um, as like a <laughs> little you know accessory. So uh, I am obsessed with these games. They rule. You should go play them if you were listening and have not played the new skywalker saga it rules extremely hard all right it's good 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 i think it's a good grouping of games we've got a lot of different sort of games uh here from for all age levels which i think is great so um and abilities let's let's talk about (laughs) the the, uh yeah right let's talk about the current uh series which is now about to be uh we're about to be struck with again so so they had this game in 2019 called star wars jedi fallen order um I loved this game, Nick. And I I was saying to De- Devin and Lauren last week, 
I was so excited for the new Battlefront games, but the problem for me is that I'm so like I don't have the time to like get awesome. So I'd go online and literally just get obliterated within me a second. Too. Respawn, <sighs> obliterated, respawn, obliterated. Like it's not fun and I don't have the time to get good at it. So I what I what I need is a good single player local game. Like that's what I need um to sink my teeth into. Uh, even though Battlefront 2 did have a, a single player thing, but it wasn't as great. So anyway. Fallen Order comes along. It's the story of this guy, Cal Kestis. And um, he's trying to like, you know, run around and uh, he's being hunted by inquisitors and he's trying to do his training and rebuild the, the Jedi Order. It was awesome. It was great. It was super fun. They've got a sequel coming out in March now. Uh, and you spoke to Cameron Monaghan, who plays Cal Kestis. Uh, what can you sort of tell us about your thoughts on this game series and the new game coming up. I am really obsessed with this game series already. Like I, there's only been one game so far, but I'm, I'm all in. Um, it's incredible world building. Uh, what I loved about the first game is um, the ways in which um, the publishers are actively aligning um, the events of this game with the larger Star Wars canon. Like we had Forrest Whitaker voicing Saw Gerrera again um, in Jedi Fallen Order. There were familiar planets. Um, I really loved uh, Dathomir, the home planet yes, of Darth Maul. So and cool. Night Sisters oh. and Night Brothers. That was so cool. Awesome. Um, and so I'm really I, what I'm excited for with um, Jedi Survivor is the fact that we're kind of not starting from scratch. I mean, in some ways, um, we will be and like we'll have to, you know, as Cal Kestis build up, you know, your force abilities and your lightsaber abilities to get all powerful. Um, but you're not starting from, you know, square one. Um it's a it's set like five years after the events of Jedi Fallen Order. Um, Cal isn't a Padawan anymore. He's a full on Jedi Knight. Um, and so um, what I've gathered from the devs and also um, being able to speak with Cameron about it is, you know, you're kind of already a, quite a bit you know, formidable at the start of this game, which is cool. There's going to be new force abilities that you can master. Um, there's only been two trailers um, at the moment, and but we there is a there is a scene where we can see one of the new abilities, which is you can force grab people and basically hold them in front of you as a human shield. <laughs> Incredible, <laughs> so cool! You can also use the force, which I'm really excited about, to tame wild animals that you can then ride and like glide from place to place on. We. we <laughs> maybe he Cal is going to get his own Obi-Wan in the desert moment riding a EOP mm. or <laughs> yep. Yep. <laughs> one, of those, one of those guys. Um, we don't know a whole lot about the story though. We, I mean, we we've seen a lot of imagery of this mysterious figure kind of floating in a water tank. Um, we don't really know who he is. My guess is that he's going to be someone new kind of completely introduced to the game. I, I get the sense that he could also be a Jedi because he, you know, or at least, um, you know, kind of a, a grayish kind of Jedi, not neither completely light, not, not completely dark, um, because he has a lot of lines like, you know, I was betrayed by those closest to me, which makes you think, oh, Order 66. Um, and also, why is Cal kind of tracking him down in the first place? I, I would imagine he's another kind of Jedi. Um, 
so I'm I'm excited for a lot of that um, to see what kind of new mythology is kind of unearthed. Um, we get to do a cross guard lightsaber in this game for like really heavy duty melee attacks, which I'm super excited about. Um, new functionality is like you know I don't know if you remember Dalton, but in the first game, like the dual um, lightsaber that was like mainly a finishing move that you could yeah. do to like just look really cool chopping some guy's head off. But now it's like an actual like um, you know uh, playable move that you can use all the time. Um, and so yeah, I mean, the, look, we still don't really know a lot about the details, but from what I've seen, like in the trailers, I think. It, I, I mean, I'm I'm super excited for it. I'm it, super excited that Cal has a mustache and a beard now. We love a new <laughs> love look, that. and all of his ponchos are returning. We love a poncho <laughs> <Ponchos>, moment. <yeah. laughs> uh, I, 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 so um, I'm having some agita about this game, Nick. As I told Devin and Lauren, because I mm. I did love it. It's the last video game I played, and I was so excited about it. Couldn't wait, and then I saw it's only. I'm a PlayStation guy. It's only going to be on the PS5. Now, my son took the PS5 to California. All I've got is a PS4 here. Am I completely out of luck? Like, is this is just a platform only game? And they're I'm right about that, right? Like, they're not going to make a PS4 version available, right? Um, not that I've heard of at the moment, but that's not necessarily to say that they won't. I mean, look, they've had they've had a lot of like uh, games that have been ported to other consoles, like especially like the Nintendo Switch. But that's usually not kind of in the first phase of things. Um, so I wouldn't like completely, you know, rule it out. I mean, I think you could. I, I I would I would foresee a situation where there is a PlayStation Four version. Yeah, because I'm not buying a whole new gaming system for this as much as I want to play it. I'm basically just going to show up at Nick's house and be like with pizza and like <laughs> free beers and be like, let's go. Like, hey, let's go time. That's, yeah. that, that's my thing is like that was like the Fallen Order was the first one where I would be like, oh, I would really like to play that. But I'm a I, we have Nintendos. So I'm just like, I'm not getting an entirely new system just to play one video game. Well, so do you guys remember in New York when we had the video game closet? I know we had a, we, there was a room where we also did some filming where there was a video game system in there. Look, they want us to come into work more often, set up a video game (laughs) closet, put a PS five in there and, and, uh, and then it's go time because could could you expense a PS (laughs) five? I don't don't think I can get away with that. I don't think I can get away with that. Um, so also Nick, there's going to be, you mentioned sort of how they've done this before with other games. There is going to be a, a, a book coming out as we spoke about, right around that time that's going to fill that gap in between the two games of those five years. And they've done this with other games before. Uh, Any interest on your part in reading that, or you just want to get straight to the game? I mean, I wouldn't be opposed to it. I I think what's interesting is that we're starting this new game without sort of the found family that Cal Kestis had or created for himself in the first game. Um, They seem to be all kind of, you know, disparate in various locations. Um, We do see we do see Deborah Wilson as Seer Jinda again um, in the trailers for Jedi Survivor. Um, But clearly something has happened. Um, We don't really know why. We also see, you know, um, the Mantis ship crash land on sort of a desert planet and it's just cal and uh, you know his little cutie little droid um so i mean there's uh, five years is a long time i'd be interested to see what's going down in that novel what about you yeah i i well listen i may not be able to play the game so i guess reading the book is the next <laughs> next best thing I, I could do and and it's you're so right like i almost feel really bad for 
Devin and Lauren that they didn't get to play the just because the Dathomir stuff is so cool. So and the cool. Night Sisters are so awesome in that in that game. Um, and you really feel like it's just you're immersed in this whole new Star Wars chapter and in that world, it's awesome. Uh so I'm I'm kind of bummed, Nick, because I know there's gonna be stuff like that in the new game. Um, but I, I just can't drop for a whole new system just for that one. Can I? I don't am I I don't know. I, I mean, mean I've, had the same, I've had the same yeah. issue where, you know, I have, a, I'm, I'm like you, I just have a PS4 and the new um, Spider-Man is coming out oh, and that's it's a just going to be too. for PS5. And I loved the, you know, the original and the, the Miles Morales one. And I'm like, I don't, I don't play enough to justify it, but like, I really want to play it. And, and now if I can add, you know, some, some Jedi survivor to it, maybe I can, I don't know. I don't know. We'll, we'll see if we can get our, I don't know. Let's. I, yeah. We'll go in I, on it. <laughs> I know. I played that. I'll come that, to Jersey. That Spider-Man game is so good too. That was. The it other feels last game like I a work write-off. Is it, <laughs> it, I it think is, so. It is. It absolutely <laughs> yeah. is. We're talking about it on the pod. Absolutely. Uh, all right. Look. Um, as we mentioned, uh, Cameron Monaghan spoke with our own Nick Romano all about returning as Cal Kestis for Jedi Survivor, and we will play that conversation for you right after this quick break. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. Thank you so much for taking the time today. I feel like people are going to be so excited to see you later tonight at the Game Awards. Are you pumped for it? Yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited. Uh, it's a really like wonderful like set and situation that they created over at the at the theater. And uh, yeah, we did rehearsals yesterday, and it was really cool to see. And um, obviously, I can't wait for everyone streaming it at home to see it too. So you know, obviously, this is going to come out after that. So apparently, either it's going to have done really well, or uh, it will have been a complete disaster. And I guess I'll find out tonight as well. But no, I'm you know, I'm looking forward to it. I have a hard time believing it's going to be a disaster. <laughs> Who knows? Maybe I'll fall off the stage or something. It's anybody's guess at this point. It's so exciting that we're also getting a look at this game. When did you first find out that you were returning? Well, we when we were working on the first game, we always had aspirations that we wanted to be able to do more. So after we finished the first uh I had talked to a, a, a few people um, in the ensuing months. Uh, we had like a rap party, um, that kind of stuff. And we kind of like talked a little bit like what would we want to do if we did a second one? Uh, and really it was all just dependent on uh, what the reaction of it was and, um, you know, how we did. Um, 
Yeah, you know, it's funny. I actually don't remember. I'm I'm sure I got a specific phone call that said, "Okay, we're greenlit. We're going to go." But it was sort of one of those things that it, it kind of felt like everyone was already sort of prepping from the start with the hopes that we would be able to do more. Um, and the, then we just one day kind of started doing it again, which was great. Um, you know, and, uh, we've also, um, had a lot of, uh, wonderful people join the team on, on the, the second, um, both from like a, uh, a cast perspective, but also on, on the behind the scenes front, you know, we had a lot of really, uh, wonderful people, uh, uh jump on it and help us out, uh, with this, uh, with this second, uh, second game. And, uh, yeah, it, it, everything has been a, um, built upon the foundation of the first. And I would say overall a, um, a improvement and a, a growth. Uh, so yeah, it's been really exciting to be able to see, um, how far we've come and, 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 you know, what we've been able to do from the first to the second. Can you share some of the names that are coming in the cast or is that severely secretive? I'm trying to think of who we, we, revealed in the the trailer um deborah wilson is is coming back we have a new character named Bo dakuna who is being played by uh noshir dalal who is wonderful uh he's a, a new ally to to cal and um they have a really really great dynamic as well they're sort of like uh brothers in arms who uh have you know um kind of similar trajectories uh, 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 in their life and up to this point and uh, have made some different decisions along the way, but I think have a mutual respect and understanding for each other. Um, and yeah, Noshir just did a really incredible job with his performance and there's some um, pretty show-stopping uh, moments and scenes for him, so I can't wait for people to see uh, what he does as well. After your experience on the first game, did you feel there were just questions you had about Cal's story that are either addressed or get answered directly in the second game? Yeah. Um, you know, who does his hair? Where does he get his ponchos? You know? Um, no, uh, yeah, there was, there was a lot of... Uh, there was a lot of stuff that we wanted to explore with the character. Specifically, I wanted to see what it looked like for Cal uh, as he aged and as he got older and, um, you know, what a number of years of fighting in a desperate situation would look like uh, for the character, you know. Uh, how does that change his worldview? How does that change the way that he interacts with people? How does it affect his decision-making? Um and these were all uh, questions that we started kicking around while we were making the first. And then to be able to, um, you know, explore a um, mature story with Cal. Um, and one that I would say is um, overall uh, more challenging, um, you know, darker. Um, but, you know, something that was always important to me about when you explore darkness is you don't want things to be grim for the sake of being grim. And I think there's a difference between um, something that is dark and something that is joyless and still finding the, um, the adventure of uh, the story was really important as well. But then also balancing that with, uh, you know, uh, something that is a little bit more um, challenging and interesting for the character to be able to go through and, uh, ask some really big questions that I think that, um, 
you know, people are going to be kind of surprised by and um, hopefully, uh, hopefully we're able to, um, you know, uh, hit, hit people with a couple gut punches along the way as well. Um, there's some really cool stuff that we do with this one and uh, I can't wait for people to see. I am so glad you brought up Cal's hair because in this new trailer, we get a shot of Cal with a stash and a beard. Were those (laughs) also cues that the creatives took from you? Because I remember seeing you attending a couple of premieres with a mustache of your own. That's true. That's true. I mean, you know, obviously, uh, when you get older, some um, very interesting changes tend to happen to your body. Um, you know, so we, uh, we sat down with the creative team and we explained some that, you know, we, we had a little presentation. We brought in the, uh, the projector into the room and we explained, uh, you know, uh, what might happen to you as you get older. And, uh, they had a few questions, but ultimately we understood that, um, hair grows in places that you might not necessarily expect. And one of those places was Cal's chin. Um, no, uh, you know, I, it, it was important for, for me to, uh, to want to have Cal's internal journey reflected by his physical appearance. And so being able to see him visibly age and mature, uh, I think is really important. Um, if you have a physical uh, marker, it clues the audience in into what is going on internally. Uh, but, you know, also I can say that we have, um, we are able to explore multiple looks with Cal and um, some of the looks that we have for him are, are really cool. So yeah, I don't know. It's uh, it, there's a lot of fun to be had there. This game picks up a few years after the ending of the first game. What do you feel is really important for players to know about Cal right off the bat at this stage? Really what is most important to know contextually is not just about Cal, but about the world around him, which is that the empire has grown increasingly stronger. Um, There are very few footholds of resistance left and the uh, situation is increasingly more desperate and dark. And so we're putting Cal into um, circumstances that are uh, challenging to the point of perhaps even hopeless and trying to still find that um, uh, fight and how you're supposed to fight within a seemingly hopeless situation uh, is is kind of an interesting question and one that we wanted to launch into immediately. So, uh, you know, I think that m- most of the story really does speak for itself. And even if you're not familiar with uh, the first game, I still think that you could easily jump into this one and, and catch up very quickly. So, yeah, I'm excited to, for people to see uh, what we set up and then where we go from there. I realize there's probably a lot that's still being kept close to the vest. We do get this pretty significant shot in the trailer of a figure floating in a tank. How do you feel this big bad pushes Cal in new ways? Yeah, I mean, I think that it's really important with a protagonist and antagonist to have, um, first of all, you need your antagonist to have reflections of what it is that of the main character in their, their struggle and what they're trying to accomplish, right? And they need to have uh, goals that in some way uh, either reflect or conflict with each other. Um, you know, we, we uh, with our story, we have, uh, you know, adversaries that really do push Cal to his absolute limit um, in, in terms of um, not only physically or psychologically, 
uh, ethically, you know, um, you, we have challenges that are, are um, really, really difficult for Cal to contend with. Um, and we have um, complexity as well in um, some of the villain motivation that I think is really interesting. Uh, and it's a, you know, that's something that I think is really important, especially with a um, ongoing story. You know, um, as stories continue to unfold, you want not only the protagonist to be more complex, but also the, the difficulties they face to be more complex as well. And I can say that with our game, um, I'm a really big fan of, of what we've done with um, the the uh, the darkness and the villain side of it as well. So, yeah, I can't wait for people to see what that is and um, what the surprises and unfolding of these characters is along the way. Jedi Fallen Order was definitely an origin story for Cal. Do you feel Survivor is still in that origin story mode, or do you feel like this is a new chapter? Yeah, I would say that it's definitely a new chapter. I mean, all of this, of course, is an origin story in one way or another, because, um, you know, uh, it, this it, that's the joy of being able to portray an original character, is um, you're able to kind of reveal whatever you want with it and kind of go wherever it is that your imagination takes you. Um, you know, uh, something that has been really wonderful working with this team um, has been how receptive they are to um, finding it. You know, um, every day on set has been like play, honestly, like, uh, you know, uh, the, the scenes feel um, fresh, they feel discovered, they feel truthful. Um, and they're, um, you know, Lucasfilm has been wonderful and uh, giving input, um, you know, if ever there's questions, but also allowing the, uh, you know, the, the, the performances to uh, be unfolded and for the characters to be revealed uh, naturally as well, um, you know, and that, that might mean, um, you know, that uh, we had surprises along the way with what we wanted to find with the character, um, you know, not only in dialogue, but also in um, choices and motivation as well. And yeah, I mean, I, it's so hard to talk about this without getting into specifics, but I can just say that um, I'm really proud of a lot of the stuff that we got to do with the story and, um, you know, specifically where it goes along the way, I think it's going to be really cool for people to see. This is also such an interesting chapter in the life cycle of Star Wars. There's so much crossover. For example, we found out a lot about the Inquisitors in Jedi Fallen Order before they came over to the Obi-Wan Kenobi Disney Plus series. What is it like for you as an actor right now to be a part of the Star Wars canon when there is that much crossover? Star Wars just, period, Star Wars is to me like something that, you know, I grew up loving as a kid. I grew up with it. Um, you know, uh, the, I mean, I guess everybody did, right? You know, you would go to the movie theaters and you would all, you would be talking with friends. What do you think they're going to do next to you? What do you think they're going to go? What, what, you know, and there was always new facets of this universe that were being introduced that were exciting. And now we're getting to see that explored through many forms of media. 
Um, you know, I, I think that there's some really cool stuff that is being done on Disney Plus um, and on, on uh, you know, the streaming side. Uh, personally, I think Andor is one of the not only coolest things happening in Star Wars, but one of the coolest things happening in television at the moment. I think it's awesome. Um, so, you know, I think that's cool. And, um, you know, I loved a lot of the stuff that um, Dave Filoni has done in the animated space o- over the years. Um, and, yeah, I guess... It's, it's, it's funny because it's like you can love all that, that stuff, but at the end of the day, you have your own story to tell. And there's no way that you can just say like, oh, we're doing a Star Wars thing so we can just do whatever the Star Wars thing is to do. It's like, no, you have to do what makes sense for these specific characters, these specific situations. So while... I love the fact that, you know, we have this wonderful canon and this interconnected universe and our, uh, you know, our stories are in some way being affected or interacting with other ones as well. It's very important for all of us that our stories are self-sufficiently really satisfying. And I also want you to never have been able, never have watched a Star Wars movie, never have read a Star Wars story, anything pick up this game and play it and still be like, wow, this is a really cool story. So that's important to us too. So it's, it's finding the interplay and balance of all of those things. And for me as a performer, just trying to be as truthful as I can with the performance and be present and immediate. And that's all you really can do. Obviously, there is so much under lock and key. But if you ever got the chance to play Cal in live action, what would that mean to you as someone who had such an integral part creating this character that has already resonated with so many people? I love this character, and I I love being able to explore him. Um, You know, they're starting to explore him through mediums like um, we have a novel coming up. And, um, you know, I love being able to explore this character in any means. Um, And I think that it's been really amazing doing it within the video game space because I think that games right now are storytelling medium that are vastly underexplored and underutilized and are only really getting their due in this moment. And it's really exciting to be in this kind of time when people are looking at games and seeing like, wow, these are incredible and moving and significant to us. So, my number one priority right now is just to make sure that we tell a satisfying arc within the games. Um, what happens or where, um, you know, uh, Star Wars want to go from there is, is uh, you know, anybody's guess. Um, but all I can really say is I love Cal and uh, it's been a, a joy finding him over, over, you know, the last few years. So we'll see from there. I also wanted to ask about the lightsabers. We got some really cool shots of some of the new sabers coming in Jedi Survivor, including the crossguard saber. When you're recording performance capture for the game, do you get lightsaber props? Do you actually get to play with all of these lightsabers? Yeah, I mean, I have definitely stolen a fair amount of lightsaber props. <laughs> that I, you know, maybe I shouldn't say that because I, I might have people coming to my house to collect some of them. <laughs> but uh, yeah, you know, it's it's really cool that we like we get um, the chance to be able to perform with the sabers, obviously. But I will also say that we have an amazing stunt coordinator named Darren Ross, and we have a really fantastic stunt team. And you know, um, no, uh, nothing 
with action is done without stunt teams. You can talk to any actor and they might tell you they do all of their own stunts, but the end, at the end of the day, there's always going to be someone who is capable of doing it better than you can. That's just the, the, the truth. You're hired as a performer to perform. <laughs> and it's something that I feel like these guys just don't get their due is stunt performers. And, um, we had such talented, um, stunt men and women on our, uh, on our set. And, um, yeah, the stuff that they're able to do with swords and with lightsabers are just, it's just so freaking cool. And watching them work has been amazing. And obviously you try to learn as much as you can along the way. Uh, but you know, I have to give them their due because they're awesome. Do you have a favorite lightsaber at this point? You know, I love cows because I'm, you know, I'm kind of partial. Um, and then uh, I also just love Luke's. I love the simplicity of it. I love, you know, it's the OG. Um, I, I just think it's awesome. Uh, but yeah, you know, I, I'm also a big fan of the orange, orange saber look. Um, I, I, that's usually what I put it to when I uh, play the game. Sometimes I, I go purple, but I'm usually, uh, usually orange. So yeah, I don't know. Having played Jedi Survivor, how do you feel the lightsaber battles in this game compare to the ones in Jedi Fallen Order? I would say that overall, uh, everything is tighter and more refined. Um, character movement, um, uh, battle mechanics, uh, you know, they, they took everything that they had from the first and really tweaked it and improved on it. And um, it feels really satisfying to play. Uh, you know, I was, I was over at the offices for a few hours. We kind of bounced around between, uh, a bunch of different levels and different moments. And, um, all of them were just really, really impressive, um, uh, felt great. And, uh, you know, it's really cool that like, I'm very lucky in the sense of like, I work on the story side and we handle, um, you know, the characters and the drama and that kind of stuff. And I just kind of lucked out in the fact that Respawn are really, really good at designing games and the fact that the gameplay is awesome and, you know, interplays with the story so well. It's just like, I'm very lucky. <laughs> and, and to see how good this is, you know, I loved the first game, but I can genuinely say that um, every part of it has been improved and built upon with the second one. So I can't wait for people to see, um, you know, all the notable improvements that they've made along the way. One last question for you. Is there anything that you get out of acting for video games that you don't necessarily get in live action? Or does acting for video games make you appreciate certain elements that you didn't consider before? There are different uh, practical challenges of working on a film set than there are working in performance capture. Um, film sets are constrained by the practicalities of, uh, you know, a light might not be doing what it's supposed to be doing. You know, you're, you're, you might only have one, uh, version of wardrobe and it, and it rips. And so you're not able to then like film the character from below the waist because you have a torn pant leg or something. Like there's all these weird practical reality stuff, issues that happen when you're on a, um, an in-person set with performance capture. Um, you have a lot more flexibility in that way. Um, you know, um, everything can kind of be decided within the moment. And uh, so your only limit really is imagination and 
time. But that creates its own set of challenges too. Because now, because you don't have um, an agreed upon reality of like, if you're on a set, a cup is a cup, right? A door is a door. But all of a sudden, when you're in a scene in a performance capture, what does the door look like? How big is it? Which side is it hinged? How high is the door handle? Does it turn like this? Does it open like this? You have to have all these agreed upon rules of reality for everybody to then interact with it, um, you know, uh, in the same ways. And obviously, it's usually something a lot more complicated than a door. But ultimately, wh what it means is you have to have a, a lot of conversations with each other to just make sure that we're all sharing an agreed upon reality and agreed upon space. But I would say that um, it's been like a joy to be able to, um, you know, act in performance capture. In a lot of ways, it actually feels closer to working in theater. Um, because you're essentially uh, utilizing imagination and um, also scenes tend to be longer and flow in a way that um, they kind of are alive in, in, in the way that um, a lot of times it is when you're standing on a stage. So I don't know. It's, it, you know, it, it's, it's weird because like performance in all mediums is kind of the same. It's just the window dressing around it becomes different. But um, yeah, I, 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 I really enjoyed what we were able to do with this. So whatever it is, I think it's fun. Well, thank you so much, Cameron, for taking the time to speak with me today. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Our thanks to Nick Romano and Cameron Monahan for joining us this week. And thank you for joining us as well. Speaking of which, now is the point in the podcast where I'm reduced to pathetic groveling. If you dig what you hear, we would also love it if you would please follow the podcast and tell your friends about the podcast. And please, please, please do us a solid and take 10 seconds to rate and review the podcast. You can also connect with us on social media by following Entertainment Weekly on all socials. It's at EW on Twitter and at Entertainment Weekly everywhere else. You can also tag and follow us directly using at Dalton Ross, at Devin Kogan, at Morglore, and at Nick A. Romano. Thanks so much, everyone, for hanging out with us. We'll do it all over again next week. This episode of Dagobah Dispatch is hosted by Dalton Ross, Devin Kogan, and Lauren Morgan. Produced by Chanel Johnson and Sammy Junio. Edited by Sammy Junio. Full episode transcripts are available at EW.com. Thanks for listening. <laughs> I'm Sepulba, Skywalker, and those other Padres of Pilots are Bantapudu. And that's on a good day. 